What's going on, everybody? Welcome to The Real Danny B Show. I've got a great guest lined up for you today. I was actually not sure if I was going to get him on the podcast, especially this early into it. But nonetheless, he is here. Um, Very busy schedule, so super cool that he was able to take the time out of his day. Um, I know he's got a busy weekend ahead of him, heading over to Vegas for AEW's Double or Nothing. So without further ado, I give you... Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Vliet, oh, Chris Van Vliet of every wrestling fan's interviewing dreams is joining me on the show today. Chris, what's going on, buddy? <laughs> Danny B, thanks for having me on. Hey, <laughs> thanks for joining me, man. It's uh, it's really cool of you, uh, you know, especially on such short notice to uh, to take this. You know, I know we had a, to reschedule and. Uh, you know, something you you had a pretty big deal go on yesterday, I'd, I'd say. Well, you know, we were supposed to record this yesterday. And uh, then I got word that Cody Rhodes was in town and I, I had access to do an interview with him. So I apologize. I'm usually very much a man of my word. You know, if I say I'm going to be somewhere at a certain time, I'm there five minutes before. Um, but yesterday, actually, I reached out to you, I think the day before and said, hey, you know, I'm so sorry I got to reschedule. And uh, here we are. We're making it happen today. So I'm, I'm glad that. I'm glad we made this happen, and uh, super, super grateful that the Cody Rhodes interview was able to happen too. Oh, absolutely! I was, I was grateful. I've, I think I've watched it a couple times through, and I keep wow, catching, I keep catching like little tidbits um, differently. You know, like when you watch movies uh, a few times, and you go, "Oh, hey, I never noticed that." That's kind of <laughs> how I felt watching this. Well, you've watched it more than me, then, because I, uh, I've only watched it back once as I was editing it, and uh, obviously I was there when it was happening. Um, but there was a lot of nuggets of information in there. Um, and I'm sure, well, there was other stuff off camera that we talked about that, you know, wasn't in the interview. And like, he just offered up like, Hey, you want to see the belt? You want to see a picture of the belt? I'm like, uh, yeah, yes, I do. (laughs) And then he swiped through his phone and showed me a bunch of pictures. And I'm like, dude, that's, that is an awesome looking belt. I can't wait. That's awesome. That's really cool, and I'm I'm happy it worked out for you. And and for the record, you didn't say you had to reschedule. You asked me if you could reschedule, <laughs> and I was like, "What a guy!" Like, come on. Well, <laughs> I so figured cool. you'd understand, and I and I appreciate you understanding. Um, yeah, and and now I'm I'm glad we're able to make this happen. I must say though, my last name is pronounced Van Vliet. Is it's it? spelled funny, I know, but it's pronounced Van Vliet. Uh, that's why it rhymes with meat. That's right. Right. <laughs> Somebody was listening to the Ryback podcast. Well, yeah, of course. So Ryback and I, we we're both on the wiretap radio network. Well, I'm actually, I'm actually meeting up with Ryback tomorrow. So, uh, this all started my, you know, me talking to Ryback and being on his podcast all started with me reaching out to him and saying, Hey, can you be a guest on my show? And we went back and forth, set up a time, and figured that, you know, since I'm going to be in Vegas where he lives for Double or Nothing, let's just do it then. And he reached out to me maybe a month ago and said, hey, can you be a guest on my show? And I'm like, yeah, what an honor. Like, you want you want to talk to me? Sure. Like, I'm usually the one asking the questions. Yeah, I mean, it's it, that's got to be pretty cool, you know, coming from the the flip side of what you normally do. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I, you know, I understand that I've been able to do, you know, some pretty cool stuff with these interviews recently. And I completely get that. Um, and it's been just a lot of 
hard work. But when someone that you look up to, like Ryback, and someone who I've interviewed before is flipping the table and saying, no, I want to learn about your story. I'm like, wow. Yeah, like that was a, that was a really cool moment. Yeah, it, it definitely was. It was cool listening to it as well because, you you know, you got a little bit more in depth rather than, okay, so this guy is really cool. Um, he's won four Emmys. You know, he's <laughs> he's Cleveland Browns fan. Eh, eh, I'm not sure about that. Oh, but, well, eh, we'll eh. talk at the end of the season then, my friend. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll tell you what. Dude, I'm from Detroit, man. Like, well, I'm I know, sorry I know to hear that. Str- I know oh, about the geez. struggle. <laughs> <laughs> I think the cool thing about being uh, part of a podcast uh, or even having a podcast is people get to see a little bit more about you. And I think that if anyone's seen my interviews on YouTube, they just think that, like, I think a lot of people just think that all I do is interview wrestlers and that's it. Um, you know, but my, I have a full-time job as a TV host in Miami. Um, I also own a fishing uh, brand called woo tungsten we sell tungsten fishing weights for bass fishing so i've got a lot of stuff going on um in in addition to the youtube thing so it's kind of cool to be able to talk about it and humanize people because i think that it's so easy to kind of look at someone in two dimensions and go oh that's that's all that person does for sure absolutely for sure that's um for me that was one of my main goals is when i started this was you know so i want to interview you know, I, I obviously our connections in wrestling, you know, run run fairly deep. But I don't want to interview a wrestler and talk about wrestling. Like Ryback, yeah. I'll, I'll be talking with Ryback in a couple of weeks, and all we're talking about is fitness and feed me more nutrition. Like I, you, people know you as a people already know you as a wrestler. We don't want to talk about wrestling. Yeah. You know, so that's what that that's essentially you know the the whole goal of this is you know get people to just chat more and see other sides of people and go hey you know what we've got this in common i really like bass fishing yeah so do you also like bass fishing uh not me personally all right fine (laughs) well someone listening to this is gonna be like oh my god chris likes bass fishing and goes fishing at lake okeechobee that's amazing and yeah lake okeechobee is pretty amazing (laughs) It, it it is i mean it's giving us a lot of uh a lot of blue green algae and red tide but you yeah, know, on, your, on your coast, you know, my coast is fine. <laughs> your coast is a okay. <laughs> yeah, my coast is fine. That's all that matters. <laughs> so you just had a birthday. You're the you're you're in your mid thirties now, man. You're thirty six. Yes. Yeah. My my birthday was on uh, Sunday. Yeah, thanks for reminding me. I don't I don't feel thirty six. I feel like I'm still. Honestly, I feel like for me, um, like other than like maturity or immaturity i feel like at 26 it's just kind of like that was it you know i don't i still can do all the things knock on wood that i could do when i was younger i don't feel old and then i look at some of my friends who are 36 and you know maybe are married or have kids or all that kind of stuff and i can understand that you know probably takes a toll because i don't have those things i could definitely see that i'm i I always I, i always feel the same way where i'm like you know i'll be 33 here in a couple of weeks Mm-hmm. And mentally, I'm there, but only when I need to be. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. I, no, I know what you mean. I also play video games, and you know, I Chick Foley and I have hit it off because we both collect action figures and you know, and things like that. And it's 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 fun. Yeah. Um. So let me ask you: When did you decide that 
you wanted to get into media? It was a decision made like really early on in my life. Like I remember being like four years old with a Fisher Price tape recorder and that which had a little microphone attached to it. And I remember like pretending to be my favorite radio host. And I, I think just kind of from there on, it just I, I loved presenting. I loved being in front of a crowd. I would be part of talent shows and fashion shows and and skits and plays and stuff like that. And when I was in high school, we had a class called Communication Studies where we all wrote a TV segment on paper. Then at the end of the week, we voted on which ones were the best. And then we spent the rest of the week, uh, the next week, shooting them. And I thought, if this is what Communication Studies is about, sign me up. Like, I, this is exactly what I love. And I was the vice president of my student council. I did the morning announcements. And it was just like, I just loved that kind of like the presenting. So when it came time to apply for college, which, by the way, when you're like 17, 18 years old and you're filling out college applications and, you know, you're basically you're basically trying to answer the question, what do you want to do with the rest of your life when you just hit puberty like a few years before? Um, and I'm like, ah, I mean, that that communication studies class was pretty fun. Well, let's, let's do that, I guess. And it kind of went from there. I went to um, Wilfrid Laurier University. I'm from Canada. It's in uh, Waterloo, Ontario. I went there for communication studies. And I just had this epiphany one day in my senior year. Like I was having fun at school. And I think as we all know, school is really just about like drinking and having fun and meeting lots of friends. Um, <laughs> and I had this epiphany in my senior year. I woke up one day and I was like, oh my God, when this year's done, like in seven months when I graduate, uh, it's not about like, where are we drinking tonight? Or do I feel like going to class? It's like, I'm going to have to go to a job every single weekday for the next 40 or 50 years of my life. And I, I just, it just hit me so hard. I'm like, that's a long amount of time to do something that you like don't enjoy doing. So it was in that moment. I'm like, my goal is to have a job I don't hate. And like, that's, that's it. That seems like a fairly achievable job uh, goal. But on the upside of that, it was like, I want a job that I go to and love every day. And then I can come home from at the end of the day and be excited about what I did. And uh, that's, that's kind of how it started. And then from that moment on, I, uh, from that epiphany moment on, I reached out to every radio station in my college town and the TV station there and started volunteering and just getting some real world experience. The TV station was basically run by volunteers. So I got to run cameras and audio equipment. Um, and I was a floor director, all these really cool behind the scenes jobs. I was a uh, a uh, promo person for a radio station, like handing out stickers at events. And then this one news radio station said, well, we don't take on volunteers, but how would you like a job? And I said, well, yeah, okay. And uh, that's kind of how it all started. It all started with me not wanting to hate my job every day. And I'm really proud to say I graduated 14 years ago. I'm really proud to say that uh, you know I I'm, I'm doing that. It's awesome, man. It's 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 cool when you can set a goal in mind and say, you know, like I because there's a lot of people out there that unfortunately are just working a job for a paycheck that don't like their job and don't enjoy it. Yeah, and and to that I say you don't have to. You you honestly don't. And I think too many people make excuses for a lot of things in their life. 
I mean, and, and we all know that friend who's in a relationship with a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband or wife. And, you know, it's, it's not working out. If you know, if, why are you making excuses for that? Same with your job. Oh, I'm there because the benefits are really good or uh, I'm there because, um, you know, there's really good vacation time. Well, that's great. But, you know, you won't really know what's out there on the other side until you go and try it. And I, I just say to those people, um, if someone out there is doing something that you want to do, there's no reason that you can't do it as well. Like there is a path to get to absolutely everything. Maybe you're not going to, you know, make hundreds of millions of dollars and millions of dollars doing it. But, you know, what, what kind of price do you put on your happiness? It's very true. So when you say that you can do, you know, if somebody's out there doing something that you want to do. So let's say that somebody wants to be named Bachelor of the Year by Cosmo. <laughs> <laughs> How does one okay. go about uh-huh. that? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that yeah, that was really interesting. And if you Google these pictures uh, for anyone listening, yeah, they're out there. I was Cosmopolitan's Bachelor of the Year in 2011. Um, I was really proud though. You know, I won and I won a $10,000 prize, which was so cool and featured in Cosmo magazine um, for, you know, like your mom or your sister to read or whoever reads Cosmo. Um, but the cool thing is I donated the entire prize, the whole $10,000 to the Boys and Girls Clubs of America. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. So that was something that, you know, that meant a lot to me. That was a charity and an organization we worked a lot with when I was living in Cleveland. But to answer your question, how, how does it happen? At the time when they were doing this, it was they you got nominated and they picked one person from each state. So there were 50 plus Puerto Rico um, people who were so 51 bachelors representing their region, representing their state. And uh, we answered these ridiculous questions in Cosmo um, like boxers or briefs. Is it hot or not if they swear like, you know, these like total questions you'd see in Cosmo. It was very, very fun. Um, they flew us all to New York and basically we were v- voted on by the editors of the magazine and by America, like everyone who read Cosmo. And um, I ended up winning. And uh, <laughs> yeah, there's the shirtless photos in Cosmo to prove it. I will post those on my Instagram. Oh, if necessary, well, I don't, uh, maybe Instagram story. I don't, don't put it on your feed. I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, you never know. Um, it's it's really cool though because I mean you've done a lot of really really neat things. Like when you decided, you know, way back when that as you were filling out college paperwork that you wanted to get into media. Like, did you ever envision yourself? being an emmy award winner no i mean i was living in canada at the time like you you don't win an emmy when you live in canada that's true too (laughs) um and that but that's just that's all part of the journey right um i looked at people on tv and thought that's what i want to do that i'd love to do that but believe it or not i was pretty introverted like i was until i kind of got into really into high school is when i kind of you know broke out of my shell and you know just kind of realized that it doesn't really matter what other people think or what their opinion is as long as you're happy and i just kind of started following that and it's been an interesting journey like you know to to sum it up in a nutshell i had an internship um right after college 
that was an hour away from where I lived. So I was living at my parents' house. I was driving 60 miles each way, an hour each way. Obviously, I wasn't getting paid because it was an internship. And I was scooping dead fish and live fish in the fish department of a pet store in the mall in my hometown to like make ends meet. Um, and from there, like that internship turned into a job uh, as a news reporter and a news anchor. And then that job turned into me hosting a show uh, in Vancouver on MTV2. And then kind of from there, you know, the ball just kind of got rolling. And there was obviously some hiccups in the way and some speed bumps. Like that show in Vancouver was amazing. Like that's where I did my first ever wrestling interview. I actually posted a picture, a throwback picture today on Instagram. Me and Bobby Lashley, 2007. Um, it was my very first wrestling interview. And through that job in Vancouver, I was interviewing like musicians. I was reviewing video games. I was like going to the movies for work. It was the greatest job ever. And then after a year uh, being in this job, they said, oh, our, our, our company's being bought out by this other company. And I thought, great, a new studio, raises for everybody. And, uh, and then they were like, actually, no, the show is canceled. Oh. So – uh, Vancouver from Toronto. So Toronto's my hometown. The show is in Vancouver. It's like a 3000 mile drive. Yeah. Like it was forever. like, <laughs> yeah, it's like going from like New York to Seattle. Um, and I had to like pack up my car and like drive home and move back in with my parents. And I was unemployed for seven months. And, uh, it was kind of through that process that I really had to find like, all right, like, am I, am I, am I going to keep pursuing this passion? Am I going to keep going after this job in media? Or am I just going to take a job for the sake of having a job? Um, and I stuck with it. I was unemployed for seven months till I finally got another hosting job on TV. And that job was in Toronto, which led me to getting a job in the US and led me to getting a, an agent in the US, which led me to getting a visa and then a green card. And now I've been... Uh, in your great country now for nine years, and it's been a really great journey. Enjoying the uh, enjoying the nightlife of Miami. Now, yeah. Now. Are you in Miami or are you in Fort Lauderdale? <laughs> so the show I host is in Miami, mm -hmm. and when I first moved here, I was living in Miami. But now I'm living in the um, much more uh, docile and calmer Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I spent a lot of time in Fort Lauderdale when I got my driver's license. Let's tell you that. <laughs> Isn't it a great city? I love it. I, you know, I tell everybody when they try to travel and they go, okay, you know, we're going to the East Coast. Let's go to South Beach. I'm like, hey, go to Fort Lauderdale Beach. Yeah. Don't go to South Beach unless, like, you really want to spend a bunch of money. Um, yeah. South Beach, I, I like to say South Beach is Vegas with a beach. Like, it's the same, mm -hmm. like, $14 drinks and $50 cover and you know you're not getting into a club unless you have like seven beautiful girls with you nobody wants that well I mean it might not it's probably not that hard for the one bachelor of the year well maybe if it was 2011 <laughs> <Yeah>. still <laughs> you're, you're like a fine wine it's getting better with age my friends yeah I feel like it you know I feel like I'm uh not getting worse so maybe i'm just you know I, actually yeah if you're not if you're not getting better i guess you are getting worse then right yeah it's not like you can never really be stagnant yeah always improving I, mm -hmm. that's, that's what you gotta do i talked to uh i was fortunate enough to talk to jamoki hill um last night actually 
Nice. And it was a really, really inspirational conversation. This this guy was well over 600 pounds and said, I need to make a change. And I mean, he's, his videos went viral and he's just like, people are just positively surrounding him. And it's really cool to see when the world starts becoming positive because it's very easy to get caught up in the negativity. Yeah, it is. And there's so much of it out there. I feel like we're living in this world now where it's like cool to hate your job and it's cool to make these memes about how much Mondays suck. And I just don't get it. Like, I feel like you're doing stuff backwards if you're living for Saturday and Sunday. Like, there's seven days in a week. Why don't you just, you know, look at the bright side of things? Why don't you look at the best part of your day? I actually end every day now. My, my girlfriend and I, we talk about the three things in our day that we're most grateful for. And that's completely changed my perspective on everything. You know, if you can, everyone's like, oh, today sucked. Or like a lot of people will take something that happened, like one little part of a day, and they'll be like, my day sucked. It's like, did your day suck? Like, did you have a bad day? Or did you have a bad five minutes, a bad 10 minutes, bad hour? And just don't let those, you know, that one interaction or two interactions uh, cloud the judgment of the rest of your day. I mean, every day has a whole bunch of different interactions. What you focus on is how you're going to feel. You focus on those bad moments. Well, guess how you're going to feel? You're going to feel pretty bad, I think. Yeah, you will. It's and that's a that's a great outlook. It really is because it's like I said, it's so easy to get wrapped up in, in in negativity. And I kind of made a change like that myself over the last couple of years. So where you know I was starting to stumble down the the path of you know everything sucks and this sucks and. You know, now the only thing about Mondays that suck is between eight and eleven, which maybe we can talk about briefly. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's for me like find the positivity in everything that you do, and make the most out of all of your interactions, like you said, and and make the most out of your life. And if you have a goal, there. Figure out a path to get to the goal. Maybe you need smaller individual goals, you know, to to get you to that long term. That's actually a great point. I think that uh, it's important to celebrate the little wins. And I think that too many people, well, I think it's great to set goals. And, you know, my, my favorite phrase is vague goals get vague results, uh, which on the flip side means specific goals get specific results. And I think too many people look at the end goal and don't realize all the little accomplishments that they've had along the way. I mean, we, uh, we overestimate what we can do in a year and underestimate what we can do in a decade. And I think that some people go, I want to be here with my life, but I'm not. Well, you're more ahead now than you were a week ago or a month ago or a year ago. And I think that too many people aren't able to see that their own progress in those types of uh, you know, situations. We live in a very uh, immediate, we want immediate gratification as human beings now. Like that's what the internet and smartphones and technology has kind of done to a lot of people. Yeah, I'm, and I'm, I'm by no means am I a uh, technology or internet hater. And I know there's a lot of people that are like, oh man, we live in such a like-driven world, it sucks. It's like, yeah, but the internet has also connected us all in the greatest, best way possible. Sure, there's been a lot of negative with it, but you know, with the good always comes the bad. But like, think back 
20-ish years ago, like right before the internet. I guess it'd be a little bit more than 20 years ago. We got the internet in my house in 1998. When, when did you get the internet in your house? I think I had it in... I had internet, I want to say about 96. Oh, an early adopter. Yeah, what are you, like Steve Jobs over here? I guess so. However, I didn't actually get out of dial-up until I was in high school. Oh, yeah. Yeah, same. Same. Being in Naples, obviously, you know, there's a lot of of wealth over here. So, you know, I've got, I had friends that are like, oh, I got CD burners and we got cable internet. And I'm like, man, (laughs) cable internet's like $600 a month and CD burner was a grand. Yeah. I, the, the the point I was trying to make is that uh, back then, you uh, like before the internet, if you like had a like if you wanted to hang out with someone who likes wrestling, you had to like go out of your way to like maybe go to an event, go to like a wrestling show, or like maybe a pay per view was playing at a bar or something, and that's how you made your friends. Like you saw them like that one time a month, and if you wanted to stay in touch with them, you like called them on the phone, or maybe you wrote them a letter or something. I don't know. Nowadays, like you can have the most specific obscure uh, interest and you just type it into Google and you realize that there's like an entire group of like half a million people that share your weird same interest of my little pony or whatever it happens to be. Um, And that's the cool thing about this. Like, look what it's done for the wrestling community. Sure. It's a really vocal community now. And I, I, there's definitely a lot of negativity in the wrestling community. And I don't think that's bad. I think it keeps the product in check and keeps a lot of the wrestlers in check too, uh, on all levels from the Indies all the way up to WWE. But it's so cool that we have this community that would never have existed before technology. It's very true. It makes the 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 very big world a lot smaller. Yeah, yeah, I mean, very I, much so. Yeah, like I I remember back. I want to say in like 2002, I stumbled across a message board, which I won't name for legal purposes because I don't think that they want to be named. But it was a oh, tape okay. trading. It was a tape trading message board. Uh huh. And that was a lot of like I had never seen any of the original ECW stuff until I was there. And you yep. know, oh hey, I've got these tapes. Let me dub them, and I'll you know, you want Superstars nineteen ninety five? I got you covered. But I want you know ECW ninety six TV. Yeah, it was it's really cool, and especially being a wrestling fan because you do get to interact with with you know wrestling fans and. You know, for better or for worse, because, you know, that's just that's human nature. But you get to see interesting spins and different thought processes and, you know, oh, well, they should have went this way or, you know, they shouldn't have made the 24-7 title look like that. (laughs) (laughs) And it's also cool, like with movies, like I remember leaving the movie Saw. So that would have been like 2004, I think. And I remember leaving the movie theater and I'm like, I think I know what happened at the end. And then I went like dove deep into the message boards and like the fan theories and like, I love that type of stuff. And that, that never existed before. It's true. It's, it's really, it's, it's really cool. And you know, internet has allowed you to do what you're doing. It's allowed me to do what I'm doing and, you know, and live our lives and have fun while doing it. And I honestly think that there's going to be a time in maybe 20, 30, 40 years, whatever, like we'll be talking to our grandkids 
and we'll be telling a story about how we commuted to our job or we commuted to an office. And they're going to be like, why? Why'd you do that? You could have just worked from home the whole time. Like I really, uh, I, I think that we're on the cusp. Well, it's, a lot of it has happened, but I think we're on the cusp of like some really cool, interesting stuff. Um, YouTube is, and podcasts have completely changed the game. They really have. So, well, spe- speaking of, of jobs and work, so how did you, obviously I know you like fishing, so talk to me a little bit about uh, Wu Tungsten. <laughs> so I, I, I'm big into bass fishing, and I've mm-hmm. uh, been bass fishing since I was a kid. Fished in a lot of bass fishing tournaments growing up. Like, you know, if you are a bass fishing fan, you'll know what BASS or FLW is. And I fished in a lot of these tournaments, and I was part of a bass fishing club. So I was like, I'm, actually, when I was in high school, my nickname was Fishing Wrestling because those are the only things I talked about. <laughs> um, like this, I had a bunch of people that'd be like, "Hey, Fishing Wrestling, what's up?" I'm like, yeah, that's me. Um, so when I moved to the U.S. and I was doing some more fishing, especially here in Florida, because you can fish basically 12 months of the year for bass, whereas in the northern states or in Canada. You've got a pretty limited season because there's ice on the water. And my fishing partner said, hey, like, I uh, I was looking for these tungsten fishing weights, and I found a source that can actually make them for really cheap. And I'm like, oh, cool. Well, like, you know, order me some. I'll need those for the year. And uh, to explain what a tungsten weight does is when you're fishing with, like, uh, artificial baits, like a plastic worm or uh, a plastic uh, uh, craw or something like that, they float. So you need a weight to sink them down to the bottom. And for the longest time, it was made out of lead, which is bad for the environment. And also, you know, there's some other bad things about them, like they're not as dense, they're larger. So tungsten's kind of been the new wave. It's better for the environment, and there's a whole bunch of benefits for fishing too. Um, and I said, yeah, order me some. And he said, you know what? I actually think that we could get this factory to make some for us. And, uh, I think that we could turn this into a business. And it kind of went from like a joke, uh, to a couple months later, we had launched a website and an Instagram page. And that's actually where we've grown, um, most of our business from Instagram. We now have 133,000 uh, followers on Instagram and we've just kind of used that as a marketing machine to just put our new products out there and, uh, and grow it from there. And our name is really fun. I mean, even if you don't like wrestling, woo, it's just a contagious thing to say. Someone says, woo, and it's immediately answered back with, woo. It's just fun. You, know? <laughs> you, you hear that all the time. It of doesn't matter you where do. you are. <laughs> I wear our Woo Tungsten shirts around, which is basically just a shirt that says woo, and there's a little fish logo. It doesn't matter where I go. I could be in the grocery store. I could be at Walmart. I could be at the gym. And people are just like, oh, woo. And yeah, it's, I, I woo them back. It's, uh, it's been a great thing. Well, that's, uh, that's only common courtesy is to, is to reciprocate the woo. <laughs> Absolutely. That, that is the correct response when someone woos at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, if I wooed at somebody and they like head nodded me, head nodded me back or, or waves or something, I'd be like, no. oh. I don't yeah. want to associate with that person. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You can't have those people in your life. Oh, man. So I guess the, the, the big question that I wanted to ask you, and I told you I was going to ask you this before we went on, when everything is said and done for you, what do you want the legacy of Chris Van Vliet to be? I mean, that's a, that's a big loaded question. And, 
I've never really thought that far ahead. And I think that uh, that's either a, a blessing or a curse. I don't know, but it's been working for me. Um, I kind of just took things, I guess, week by week, you know, day by day as well. But I guess, you know, maybe week by week or contract by contract as I'm, you know, working at uh, in my TV jobs. But I think for me, uh, it's just about like being excited to do what I'm doing at work that day or whatever it is I have to do. And then at the end of the day, when I go to bed, uh, being proud of what I did and then excited to go do it again the next day. And I've done a lot of different things and it's been really cool. Uh, you mentioned that I've won four Emmys and, and I'm incredibly grateful for that. I've also reported from the Oscars and the Grammys. And I interviewed Tom Cruise last summer on the red carpet in Paris uh, for the new Mission Impossible movie in the shadow of the Eiffel Tower. Um, you know, I've been able to share a lot of great moments with The Rock. It's it's all you know been really cool, like a lot of pinch-me moments. Um, so I think, I don't know, I, the, the YouTube thing has taken off in its own amazing direction. And the cool thing about that is the more work and effort I put into that, the more that I get out of it. So... Uh, I don't. I don't know if you know. I don't know what my, what I'd want you to say at my eulogy, uh, Danny. When when you give me my eulogy in uh, uh, 140 years when I end up dying, um, <laughs> <laughs> but because uh, modern medicine is just going to keep advancing, and of course, uh, you know, of course, right. seriously, we're gonna we're probably gonna see someone live to be like 150 or something like that. Um, I don't know. I just want to continue being really. Uh, you know, pumped about what I'm doing and and proud of it too. And, uh, and we spoke about it earlier in the interview, but I, I never want to be someone who dreads going to work. You spend more time at work than you do anything else in your life. You spend more time with your coworkers than you'll spend with your husband or wife or kids. And so many people pick a job for the absolute wrong reasons. You know, you put all this time into dating and finding the quote unquote one and you put very little time and effort into the thing you're actually spending most of your time on, which is working. And uh, I think that if the legacy were to be right now, it'd be like, that's the guy who didn't hate his job. That's the guy who loved his job and super passionate and positive about everything that he did. Um, and that, that's 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 a main thing there is I try to look for the best in absolutely everything. And in our wrestling world and in our wrestling YouTube world and podcasting world, a lot of people will pick on the negatives, uh, especially with what's going on on Monday nights, like you mentioned. And sure, there's not a lot of, you know, there's not a lot of great stuff going on there, but there is still some high spots. Oh, and I think people, I think people look back at the Attitude Era thinking like every, sing, every single thing happening between 9 and 11 at the time was perfect. The Attitude Era also had like, Mae Young giving birth to a hand and naked Midian running around and, you know, all kinds of other like stuff that we could go on and on about that was just garbage. But there was a lot of really great stuff, too. And I think that, you know, we will look back at this era in time and go, yeah, there were some high spots. I completely agree for the couple of the facts where I've have gone back and I have started like rewatching Raws and stuff on the network from, from 93 and 94. And, you know, it's like part of the quote unquote, the worst years of the, of the company. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I am enjoying watching this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's for nostalgic reasons, but I'm thoroughly enjoying it. And 
you know, I, I tell, I've been telling people this a lot, especially recently, um, you know, with how Game of Thrones has been going or, or went, I should say, yeah, by this right. point. But yeah. you know, if, if all you want to do is find the negativity in it, like there's plenty of other television to watch. Like don't, don't waste your time watching something you don't enjoy. Yeah. Well, the, I think the argument there with wrestling is we enjoy wrestling so much. We love it. Um, and it's like to, to not watch wrestling just feels like, you know, for those of us that are lifelong fans, it just feels like a part of you is missing. Um, so I guess to those people, I just say like, try to, try to look for the, Try to focus on the best parts of Raw instead of the, you know, the, the parts you don't love. Yeah, focus on the Bray Wyatt vignettes. Those are insane. Those are pretty awesome. Yeah, I love them. I, yeah. man, I absolutely love them. So before I let before I uh, I let you get off the horn here, being that you uh, were an Ohio guy for for such a long time, are you a big fan of Cedar Point? Oh, of course. Yes. Cedar Point was amazing. Uh, and I, I actually haven't been back to Cleveland since moving to Florida. I moved about five years ago, and I was in Cleveland for five years. But I went to Cedar Point several times a summer. And Millennium Force is mm. the greatest roller coaster on the face of the planet. I, abs- I love that roller coaster. I think when I was there, it was like a four-hour wait. Wow. And I haven't been there since I when I I graduated in 2004 and I haven't uh, high school in 2004 and I have not been there since then. So the newer rides I have not been on. I did get to go on the Top Thrill Dragster, um, which by the way goes like 120 miles an hour. Yes, that ride that ride's incredible. I I was shooting a uh, like a little I guess promotional spot for the tv station and we were gonna ride millennium force and we got in touch with cedar point and they let us get into the park an hour early so we could do this and i rode cedar point i rode uh, millennium force at cedar point six times in a row with no line it was it it was so cool although by the end of it i'm like okay guys i think i think we've done enough i think we got the take we need (laughs) (laughs) because i ride like it's i think it's more than a 90 degree drop it's yes it is yeah, you're it's right it's pretty mind-blowing yeah and it's long too for a yeah. roller coaster it's a very long ride yeah wow glad we could connect on cedar point yes that's great <laughs> I, I, I mean we down here we have bush gardens and universal and bush gardens is getting cool yeah they have know? a new roller coaster there i yeah. haven't ridden it but they just they just announced it right yeah the tigress yes so i love the cheetah ride there so oh, good it's so so fun yeah that really that's is. that's my favorite uh, roller coaster in in Florida, I think. So I still think that the Kumba wins for me. Okay, yeah, another another great ride, but you oh. can't go wrong with either of them. No, although it's getting a little rickety. I feel like they need to uh, <laughs> to like like repaint or do something. I don't, I'm not sure exactly what they do when they uh, resurface roller coasters and you know revamp them, but. <laughs> It's it's getting up there. I mean, it's endured several hurricanes, and you know, it's yeah. it's been it stood the test of time. So yeah, but it's a hell of a time, um, Chris. Obviously, everybody knows where they can find you, but let the listeners, in case they live under a rock, let them know where they could find you on all the socials. That's really kind of you to say, Danny. Thank you. It's it's my name, Chris Van Vliet, V A N V L I E T. Uh, that's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and of course on YouTube. And if you are a wrestling fan and you've ever seen one of my videos, um, 
thank you. Um, you know, I'm just a wrestling fan like the rest of us. And through my job, I've been able to get in touch with a lot of wrestlers and do these cool interviews and kind of grow it from there. And it's a passion of mine. And I hope that when you watch my videos, you can share in that passion with me and realize that, uh, I'm on this ride with you. It's awesome. Chris, I appreciate you taking the time and joining me. Have a great time in Vegas at Double or Nothing. Um, Should be good. Are you taking any of these new socks? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Thanks thanks for watching my Instagram story. Uh, Yes, I love socks. Um, The brighter, the better. So, yeah, of course I'm going to take these socks. Some pinks, some purples. These are like the best socks I think I've had in a while. They're nice. Dead Soxy is the name of the company. How cool is that name? Dead Soxy. I love it. (laughs) it's a hell of a name and i liked on your story i like the top left the the striped ones those are the that was my my favorite favorite. too all right good good we're connecting on all these things i like i really i appreciate you taking the time to reach out to me and ask me and it's really nice of you to say at the start of the show that you know you you didn't even think that you know i'd respond to you yeah of course you know we're all just people you know and I'm, i'm i'm just a wrestling fan like you and i'm happy we could uh you know, talk a little bit about wrestling and, and talk a little bit about, uh, you know, obviously our passion, which is media. Yeah, absolutely, man. Hey, I appreciate it again. Thank you. Thank you for coming aboard. We'll have to catch up when you get back. And uh, I hope to see all kinds of interviews from you, uh, whether it be on YouTube or just Instagram or, or wherever you're going to post these guys. I just I, I I'm always excited to see new videos from you because I think you do a hell of a job. Oh, thank you. And there'll be many, many, many interviews this weekend, so keep an eye out for them. There you are, guys. Wrestling interviewing legend Chris Van Vliet. Not Valet. Vliet rhymes with meat. If you listen to the Ryback podcast like you all should. Wish Chris safe travels to Vegas to enjoy Double or Nothing and hope you get a lot of cool footage and just keep growing and doing your thing, man. Um, it's awesome talking to him. Class act, hell of a guy. And uh, that's really, that's going to do it for me today. And you know the drill. I'll catch you next time. <laughs>